Hey, it's Marisa, and you're listening to Heard That with Marisa Tigney Podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney Podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine. Dot com today. What's going on? Heard that nation listening in the United States and around the world. It's your girl, Marisa. And we got some stuff to dive into today. We just had some beautiful NFL football divisional games this past weekend. Uh, a couple other games that I was intrigued by in the NBA, as well as a show that I cannot get enough of because once again, Shonda Rhimes is just a genius. And we'll dive all into that, which I was going to start with. But however, some important news, some breaking news that came, uh, I got an alert today. And I want to start off with this because this is so imperative and so important and not a surprise on how this is handled. And again, with the same organization that has been known, now this is the third strike against their organization as far as hiring someone in a high uh, level position past 48 hours for the New York Mets has been nothing but a nightmare. And it's because of the fact of the GM that has been brought to their organization. Now, if you recall baseball fans of another person that they brought on, and there was one that in 2004 that they had, they had some scandal. They let him go. The recent being Carlos Beltran in 2019 of, you know, being brought in as a manager excited about it. And then the whole sign stealing scandal that happened with the team that he was formerly on the Houston Astros. And unfortunately his job was in jeopardy and quickly dissolved with that organization as quick as it was the ink on the paper that he signed to be the, the manager of that team. Now the same organization has now found themselves in another scandal with news breaking. Uh, it was a couple of days ago the news broke, and it was from um, ESPN. Jared Porter, that's the GM of the New York Mets, had been hired in about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, it came to light that he had did some god-awful 
just absolutely awful things in 2016. Yes, it is a five-year gap, which that right there just boggles my mind. And I'll get it to that point in a second. It's five years ago that this happened, uh, where he was to, to a female reporter, an international reporter, not from the United States, from another country, uh, was here as a reporter at the time. She's no longer a reporter now. And I can see why after I talk about what had, had transpired, doing her job as a reporter, uh, you know, talking to teams and baseball teams and everything else and came across Jared Porter, met him. And uh, I guess numbers were exchanged and, and that sort of thing. And however, the, the the situation after the fact, after, you know, she took the reporter cap off and going, doing her day-to-day jo- uh, duties as, as one, for him, it did not stop. And it crossed the line. It crossed the line several times to the, to the number of 60, 60 folks, over 60, okay, inappropriate texts and lewd pictures. And those came to light, some of them that they couldn't even put on the report itself. They had to blur out the images of what he sent. And it was only a few. It was not even a handful because apparently, I guess it was just way too many uh, inappropriate things. But it was just the text and the content that he sent. Full harassment, full harassment to this reporter. And and at first, you know, she took it as, according to her, it was friendly, you know, just, you know, going back and forth. But then it just got just straight up zero dark 30 real quick with, you know, she's pretty, you're beautiful, you're, you know, all this other stuff in important language that I will not speak on this platform here. However, five years, ladies and gentlemen, five years. And reading this article that uh, was was brilliantly uh, done by uh, the folks at ESPN. Um, it, it, if, if, and, and you, you all can challenge me on that or, you know, correct me, uh, heard that with Marisa.com and just let me know because I love feedback that I'm getting from and people that I talked to about this uh, a couple of days ago when the news broke and then this morning of when uh, he is no longer the GM. He's been relieved of his duties as GM of the New York Mets. If I if I read it correctly, it looked like that people there were people that knew of him texting this woman and the inappropriate language. Uh, it just seems like it was clear, and maybe I'm missing it. Either they knew for the length of time that he was doing it, or it was brought to light. And but either way, nothing was said. Nothing was said. This man in a high powered position as a general manager of a, a, a baseball, major league baseball team, having this much clout, this much power, this much intimidation over this female who was doing her job, sending her text messages and pressuring her into seeing him and seeing him anytime, any day, anywhere, sending her lewd, in, in, just explicit photos, where he goes on the record saying that some of the photos were not him, but regardless of the fact you sent them, sir, you sent them. And, and, and all of that was happening and taking place to the point where it just it, it, it intimidated her and her being a female in this, in this business. And that's a, that's a hard thing in the first place because still these brilliant women reporters and journalists that are out there day to day trying to get the story, trying to do their jobs, trying to uh, stay on top of the game, trying to basically fit into the boys club, if you will, 
of this huge sports world. That's how much power he had over her. And, and she's no longer doing any kind of journalism. She's back in their country. I mean, this, this, this kind of behavior is, is just wrong. It's unacceptable. And we are in the early, early months, early weeks of 2021. And the Mets today have uh, fired and relieved Jared Porter of all the, the appropriate things after 12 hours after this, this story went public. But here's the thing, New York Mets, here's the thing. This is your third hire that you all have brought in. And background checks, day-to-day. -day. I mean, he's he, Jerry Porter has an extensive resume of, and he was with another, another organization, I believe, uh, I believe it was the Chicago either Cubs or the White Sox at the time. He was with a different organization when all of this was transpiring between this female reporter and this female reporter and him. But you all, I don't, I don't understand the the inconsistent, consistent of not checking these people out before you bring them on and do you know a whole. Uh, we are bringing them into this organization. We are proud and so honored to have, you know, Carlos Beltran at the time and now Jared Porter and the other gentleman that was on there uh, from 2004 that they let go. Can, can you take a moment to just check these people out before you bring them on? To the, the, this kind of stuff, this is what caused the Me Too movement. This is what caused women to come out of the shadows and some men too, to talk about that, that sexual harassment of any form is not okay. It is not okay. And I was talking to uh, a fan on Twitter about this when the story broke about that. And Jared Porter did own up to it. He did own up to the fact that he did continually check. Um, it was the Chicago Cubs that he was scouting for. Uh, I just, I just had to recently look that up just now. But regardless of the fact, when does this become where this, that we, that it gets put to a stop, it gets put to a halt, it gets put to where it is not okay for anyone, let alone if you knew, if you knew Porter was doing this kind of behavior and you said nothing, you're an accessory of this. You're an accessory of this, and I think that they should find out who those people are if they fully knew, and they should be held accountable as well. They should definitely be held accountable as well. He may have been the one that sent the text messages and sent the lewd pictures and everything else, but if you were right there and you knew during his tenure at uh, the Cubs and other teams and then now with the Mets and you knew that he did this and you swept it under the rug, you're an accessory to the harassment. You are the one that put the extinguisher on the fire and go and made it be ablaze. You are a helper of that and you need to be held accountable of that. I do commend the, the New York Mets, however, for swift action in taking care of the situation. And they did um, get rid of him. And, and, you know, hopefully that they take their time and find someone that is going to be. Uh, of appropriate conduct that they take their time to go through the thoroughness of a background check of the person that they do bring in as the next GM. 
um, tooth and comb, just go right through it, everything, go through their social media accounts, go through their background, just talk to their friends, neighbors, mama, dad, sisters, cousins, aunties, anybody that they had beef with, anything else. Because let me tell you something, New York Mets, I mean, this is the third person y'all done brought in and this unfortunate situation had to come to the light. And I'm glad that it came to the light because it's not okay. And what disappointed me more than ever about that, ladies and gentlemen, is there was people on social media, and shocking but not, that actually questioned the fact that it was five years and questioned the fact that should he even been fired? It's been five years. He said he was sorry. You sound ignorant. You need to delete your account and not even, even, even have any kind of words to say and go get a life. Sexual harassment is not okay. And for those people to sit there, I mean, you, you can look at it yourself when you find the article, especially on Twitter, which was just absolutely just ridiculous, the amount of comments that were made about the support. The support? You support this? Five, it doesn't matter if it's two years, five years, 10 years, or anything else. Harassment is harassment is harassment is harassment. It's not okay. It is not okay of any form. So he's gone. Again, I hope that they take in consideration the next search that they have for uh, their, their GM um, and know that they, 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 they need to make a better choice. And that's any organization, anybody that you bring in, anybody that you bring in, ask yourself, are they, as they're being a part of an organization, they're going to be the face of your organization. They're going to play a key role in your organization. Ask yourselves. It's not about the money. It's not about the big contracts. It's not about how many years that they have brought in and turned a, a horrible team into a great team and they have such a great tenure. Ask yourselves, are they of character to bring to my organization. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say about that. But going into this past weekend, we had some really great games. Um, I'm glad, let me, let me just throw this out there. I'm glad for uh, Lamar Jackson that, he, you know, he suffered unfortunately a concussion in the loss that they had uh, to in their game. And I'm glad that he's feeling better. It happened in the third quarter. And as well as Patrick Mahomes, he had a concussion that happened in the third quarter. Uh, the bills were too much for the Ravens. They won 17 to three had absolutely no answer. Uh, did start off to a slow start, but Lamar Jackson, it was really hard for him to find his rhythm. Uh, kept getting tackled, just horrible throws. Uh, he did unfortunately have to, to leave the game. And because, uh, again, he suffered a concussion and I got to give a shout out to the Bills Mafia, man. The Bills Mafia, y'all some great fans. Y'all are some absolutely great fans donating to his organization. I believe it's up to three hundred thousand dollars. That's for uh, Lamar Jackson's charity. Uh, it slips my mind right now what the, what the name of it is, but they donated to his, his charity. And it was just like a win, 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 so to speak. I mean, unfortunately, the Ravens did not go on. Uh, the Bills got to go on. I believe this is the first time since 94 that they have moved on uh, to the divisional final. And it, you, it's amazing to me how many people are cheering so hard for this team because we always have the same ones that usually go in. It's either a Tom Brady-led team, which we'll get to his team in a minute, or the ones that always have either seen, that have been to a Super Bowl in recent years, 
or, you know, like the Kansas City Chiefs are the defending champions. It could possibly be going back there uh, next week if they, if this past weekend, if they take care of business uh, against the, oh my goodness, who are they playing? Hello. <laughs> hey, take care um, of their opponent. I'm sorry. I've just still got juice in the tank from this past story that I, we just uh, I just got done talking about. But uh, Josh Allen again, just brilliant as always. It, he he just he was huge in this game. He was absolutely huge in this game. Uh, 23 of 37, 206 yards and one touchdown. It, I mean, it, it's it's going to be an an amazing amazing uh, competition. I I I would love. Love to see it's the Bills that they're playing. Sorry, the Bills and the Chiefs, they're playing each other. And then this is going to be a hard, it's going to be a really good game. A really good game. And it, as much as I just think that the, the Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing with the Chiefs and, and everything else, I would really like to see the Bills go to the Super Bowl, um, you know, and, and just take it. Josh Allen, 24 years young, just absolutely phenomenal arm strength. I talked about it on a previous episode what he can do for this team. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing uh, that, that what he did. So uh, can we just stick Allen's name in there for MVP candidacy? I know that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, as I said uh, previously, that he's possibly going to win. It looks like it's going to be a good chance that he would. But still, let's just give Josh Allen some accolades of this. Just, just absolutely MVP caliber in my book. So, uh, but I'm glad Lamar Jackson is better. Um, unfortunately the Ravens season ends and Buffalo goes on and they play the, def the defending champions, the, the Kansas city chiefs with that beat the Browns 22 to 17. And as I just said that Patrick Mahomes did go out with a concussion. Uh, he tried to come back into the game, but it, you can see it directly right on camera that he looked like that he was walking out of a bar with too many drinks. Like he couldn't even stand. He couldn't even walk in a straight line. His eyes couldn't even focus onto the trainers that were tending to him. So who comes in but number four, Chad Henney. And let's keep it 100, Chiefs fans, because some of y'all was a little bit scared. Okay, your hashtag Henny thing is possible. Henny has been the consistent, inconsistent sometimes of, you know, where to throw the ball has been known to throw some picks and, and keep it little moments and everything else. But when I tell you that the spirit of John Elway from back in the 90s, when it was the Super Bowl, you know, when John Elway went and he ran into and sacrificed his whole entire big body into the end zone and was all sorts of hit up by the defenders, Chad Henney did the same thing when it was third down and forever. And he ran like a champ. And Chad Henney's not that old, he's in his 30s. But he still he was showing that he still got it. And he had those wheels on there and he made it happen. And then they went for fourth, uh, fourth and inches and right to Tyreek Hill, stayed in bounds, game over 22 to 17. Now, like, well, there's one thing I want to talk about this game that I cannot let go. And I heard many people talk about it, and they've been on both sides of the fence. This ridiculous rule that unfortunately um was the was the victim of uh, Richard, I'm going to say Richard Higgins. <sighs> so Richard Higgins, trying to be the hero, right there near the goal, saw six points in his reach, uh, tried to reach over the goal line, but uh, the defender, Chief, uh, the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs Daniel Sorensen, delivered a hit. Now, 
two things, okay, of this. He delivered a hit. The ball popped out, went to the end zone for a touchback. The call stood after a video review. I hate that rule. I hate that rule. I hate that rule. I hate that rule. Go forward to touchdown, stretch out. Sorensen hits him helmet to helmet. Argue with me if you want to. Heard that with Marisa.com if you want to, you know, defend the case. Helmet to helmet. I got the picture up on my uh, Facebook wall of it. Helmet to helmet. That's what it was. I don't understand why it was never called. The referee standing right there. I mean, kids, if we would have put this game on Nickelodeon, because Nickelodeon had a game on there, had a divisional, I think they had a wild card game on there. Every time they scored a touchdown, the slime and all that. And it was quite entertaining, everything else. They should have put that on there because the kids that was watching knew. They knew that it was helmet to helmet. I just don't understand that it, why it wasn't called and it was still called the touchback and everything else, which was definitely a devastating turn. You could see the air just come out of that team uh, completely with, with the decision of it being a touchback and the ball was rewarded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Something about that rule, and, and that's one of two rules that I cannot stand. I still can't stand the rules in overtime, but we ain't going to go in there and, and, you know, be the dead horse on that because I just can't stand that rule, uh, the rules of overtime, and they need to fix that altogether. But anyways, he reached over the pylon, which, I, which was kind of the pylon, short of the pylon, but the helmet-to-helmet contact, pops the ball off his hand, rolls out of bounds, and it's a touchback, and the other team that defended it gets the reward to get the ball. But I just want an explanation on how this rule came to being. I just, somebody school me because I just need to know. I just need to know. Because this is one of the most ridiculous rules I've ever seen next again to the overtime rule. I don't get it. So that, unfortunately, um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs ended up with the ball, a couple of plays, they went storming down the field, halftime, third quarter, uh, Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out, Chad Henney comes in, becomes the hero. He did throw an interception, you know, and then saw people like, oh my God, it's over, the Bills, the Browns are going to come back, they're going to do something epic, everything else, just the rhythm, unfortunately, uh, that team... I mean, Baker was making some throws, though. Baker was making some plays, making some throws. Uh, they did as as hard as Nick Chubb was running. I mean, Nick Chubb is just an absolute monster to me. Uh, he had 13 carries, 69 yards. Uh, Rashard Higgins on the receiving end, he had five receptions of 88 yards. He he they didn't he didn't do a lot of activity and the and the defend and the and the Kansas City Chiefs defense did a really good job of stopping him a whole lot. Baker ended up with 23 or 37, 204 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Um, you know, a different he couldn't find Landry at key pivotal times. I mean, the, the defender did so good on on keeping Landry shut down. He did Baker did have some uh, good look passes, but either it went over his head or to the side. Um, so that was just unfortunate because I know that if, if he connected with Landry on a couple of key plays in the second, I believe it was in the second quarter. Um, I, I just, I just think that that could have been a key pivotal moment, but just that whole, I mean, let's just face it. If, if the score would have stuck the way it was, if the Browns would have scored and that touchback would have happened, everything else, you would be looking at it, it, the unfortunate thing, which, um, Patrick Mahomes being knocked out, Chad Henney coming in. You know, if the Kansas City Chiefs didn't score anymore, the score would have been 24-22, and the Browns would have done something really epic and really special that they haven't done in a long time. But 
you know, Kansas City Chiefs are moving on. They're playing the Bills. And then now we have the other two uh, games that happened. The Packers just owned the Rams, just owned them, owned them, 32-18. MVP, 99.9%. He's going to be one. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Phenomenal. Once again, just epic. Got Aaron Jones involved, 14 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. He was so good. What what do you, what can you say? What can you say? This defense was a monster. They swallowed up golf as many times as possible. If they if he was able to uh, get in and be open, he was. I mean, golf's numbers weren't that bad. Twenty one and twenty seven, one seventy four, one touchdown. Um, but it, I mean, he he absolutely just made it. Um, just just absolutely so easy, so easy, and. Uh, they're reaching their NFC championships for the fourth time in seven seasons. And uh, they could possibly be going to the Super Bowl unless the GOAT does something about it because they are playing the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers beat the Saints, two legends, two living legends in their 40s, early 40s, 43-year-old Tom Brady, 42-year-old Drew Brees. Uh, they won 30 to 20. And this was one of the games that it was just absolutely terrible for Drew Brees. I was just stunned at the way that you know, where he threw the ball and 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 how he was just throwing in the pocket uh 19 to 34 134 one touchdown three interceptions just it was just, just surprising especially one that was the turning uh point in uh the fourth quarter where there was an opportunity for them to make a play make a move and then he just threw an interception tom brady 18 to 33 199 two touchdowns uh, completions weren't that great for neither one of them. But again, you know, Tom Brady being Tom Brady at the key time, got Leonard Fournette involved, uh, got Brayton involved at some key times. And it, it was just it was just great to see both of them out there. And the, and the big thing at the end of the game that I enjoyed um, was at the end, it's just a key moment where both of them, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, which possibly media and, you know, opinion speculating are saying that this is Drew Brees' last game in a Saints uniform and possibly ever in the NFL. And he's had a remarkable career, a phenomenal career. Uh, absolutely. But at the end, they meet um, after, you know, press and all that in there and street clothes and everything else. And Drew Brees has his family, his kids, his wife comes out. And then Tom Brady's out there and they're talking. And then Brady's throwing passes to the Brees boys. It, it 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 was really cool to see that you know how they just conversed and, and talked and you know whatever they were saying and everything else and having that moment you know captured and everybody got to see that that was really neat of two I believe first ballot when they retire whenever first ballot Hall of Famers period they are both first ballot Hall of Famers so uh, what we will see next weekend in the. Uh, Divisional championships, you will see the NFC championship, the Buccaneers at the Packers. God knows how cold it will be, but you got two brilliant wizards that are just going to be slugging it out, and I cannot wait to see that. I got the Packers slightly as favorites in that one. I think the Packers will end up going to the Super Bowl. And then again, you have the Bills at the Chiefs. Um, and much as I would love to see Josh Allen just prove a whole bunch of people wrong and do something epic because the Bills have not been in this position since the Jim Kelly days uh, with his team way back in the 80s. 
I, I would love to see them in there. However, I see this game going as close as possible and somehow the Chiefs pulling it out. Hopefully the offense can do a little bit better than protecting Patrick Mahomes. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a risk taker. He likes to run the ball when he can. And uh, hopefully they do a little bit better. And hopefully everybody stays in good health and no more concussions are happening anymore in these games. So it should be a great one. Last night, I fought all kinds of sleep to sit up and, and on Martin Luther King Day. Um, and I thank you for the, le the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King uh, forever and ever. Got to watch the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. And that was a really good game. And you just when you think that the Warriors are out of it and they have no chance whatsoever, here they come. And everybody was involved. Of course, Steph Curry was involved in Draymond Green. And then you got the, um, the new rookie, Wiseman, who's, who's going to be epic in his own right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be really, really something special down the road, whether it be with the Warriors, um, if they, you know, get an opportunity to, uh, to, to win a championship again or not, but he, 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 he's going to be an absolute force for this team. You got Kelly Oubre Jr. who was involved. Uh, I think Steph ended up with 26 points. Again, I was going in and out of sleep. Um, so I did catch, catch some of that. He did have 26 points. So confirmed that. And then, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Third played 37 minutes at 23 points. Um, if this, this team is really good. James Wiseman's going to be a force. Now, the cool part of it that I did get to watch because I love when the newbies do come in and the veterans that have been in the league for a while, you know, take them under their wing off of the court and on the court. And we saw something that was really cool on the court. Draymond Green, there was something that uh, James Wiseman did. I believe he committed a foul and, and everything. And, and Draymond Green took over, you know, walked over to him and told him that he basically he had him. He got him, you know, that he liked the 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 key play that he was doing. And just said he missed the opportunity to make a key play and he missed the opportunity. He missed the ball. It was something that he did. But just to go over there and give that mentorship to him, uh, you can hear it right on the microphone. I believe Draymond Green was mic'd up uh, during that game. And it was really Really cool to see um, because Draymond Green is known for uh, his <laughs> his on the court, you know, arguments and, and testy to the refs and uh, being, you know, challenging the person that he's defending and uh, jawing off at times and everything else. And people have had put that label on him for years. And he's going to be that person that's going to, you know, make or break you. And at this moment, you know, seeing him go over there and just talk to his teammate, James Wiseman, was really, really cool. And so, you know, good luck to them. But they came back from 19 down to beat uh, the LeBron James and the Lakers. And uh, if the Dennis, I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Forgive me. Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder or Schroeder. He had 25 points uh, to lead all scores. But it was, he just made some uncharacteristic stuff, like, you know, offensive fouls. Couldn't get a, you know, somebody passed him the ball, he would miss. And I'm just, I'm just watching them because I've watched Dennis do, you know, in certain, and some games and everything else. And I'm just like scratching my head at some of the things that he did. So he did lead all scores for the Lakers. He had 25. LeBron James had 19. And Anthony Davis had 17. Kyle Kuzma off of the bench had 15 points. And uh, Harrell had 17, 17 points. So that was a good game to watch. Stayed up late to, to watch that and uh, to see. Uh, the NBA do some amazing, remarkable tributes. Um, 
and actions that they're taking. And this is all races, all people. And it was across the NBA, those that had games yesterday about uh, the social injustice and, you know, I have a dream and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. It was really great to see what uh, the organizations were doing uh, with his legacy, not just talking and putting up quotes, but being about it, the activities that they're doing with the communities, social distance, of course, and, and just, you know, educating themselves as well as their families about his legacy, about what Dr. Martin Luther King has brought here um, through the, the power of the connection, power of words, um, and that he, he does have a dream. And that we hopefully will continue on with his legacy uh, through the sports, through us as well, through many people who, who walk and talk uh, about togetherness and unity we just say we just say thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King, for everything that you have done. Now, I want to just quickly, and I'm not gonna give any any of it away because if you are uh, a fan of Shonda Rhimes, you know that she be bringing all kinds of brilliance to her shows. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Scandal is the one that I, I got into, and I finally finished watching that, and oh. Uh, just just amazing. Uh, it was the, the last season that I didn't get to catch and I saw it on Netflix. Um, Private Practice was another one. It was a short lived series that was on. And now she brings a period uh, piece from the 18, from 1813, if you will, Bridgerton. It's on Netflix. The first season, eight episodes, about an hour each, no commercials, no interruption, which I absolutely loved where you could just stay in tune to all that that is going on. It is a story, I'll give you a, a snippet of it. It's basically a story about a young lady that is centered around the Bridgerton family, single mother, Lady Bridgerton, lost her husband, but she is raising eight uh, children. One of them centers around the daughter, Daphne Bridgerton. And again, I mean, let me just, let me just back up because this, this show just is, is just brilliant for so many reasons. But the show centers around her and her day-to-day -day life. And then, you know, she is of age, so courtship, and then finding the right uh, person, the right uh, person that she's going to marry in her life. And then comes in the handsome uh, Duca Hastings. Um, and oh, he's just he's just a beautiful man. But anyways, not to give too much of a part, which I say, listen. You need to go check it out for yourself because this is this is an amazing show. Well written. The cast immediately when I saw the previews, because I, I put a post out there to the fans. I'm like, okay, listen, is it worth it for me to watch Bridgerton? Is it all the hype? Because I've had people tell me, oh, Marisa, watch this or watch this show or check out this movie and everything else. And nine times out of 10, it's like, eh, okay. Or it was just sheer disappointment. You rarely find these diamond and rough shows that actually are good. This one is good. I'm waiting for her to drop season two like yesterday, okay? The cast is diverse. Diverse, all shapes, sizes, races, male, female. It, it's just absolutely beautiful. The, the Each character, what they represent. You got the queen that is, is African-American. You have uh, a duke that is African-American. You just... It, it, it's just so beautifully put in just a, not only the, the diversity of it, but just the colors of fabrics of 
clothes that they wear and the symbolism of all of their clothes that they're wearing. Absolutely brilliant to how it is. And as the story unfolds, it is a love story, but it's also, this is my opinion, it's a love story, but also it's a story of acceptance. It's a story of mystery because it is told uh, through the beautiful narration of a queen, of a legend, Julie Andrews. I mean, hello, sound of music. I mean, hello. You know, she is, she can do no wrong. She narrates through the, why I want to call it like a little gossip column. Um, and it is her voice, but nobody knows her identity. But you have to watch Bridgerton if you are interested in it because it just captures you there. I don't think that it ever was a slow moment to me. It, it, it didn't, you know, how shows, People will talk about, oh, this is going to be a great show and everything is going to start slow to me. And me, I'm that type of person. Like, if it starts slow, I'm going to give it at least a 10 to 15 minute window. And then after that, I'm done. I'm tapping out. This was really good. This was really good. She narrates uh, the events that happens in, in the story and, and all the, the different things that are going on with um, certain people that are up there in class, like the queen or the people that are doing day-to-day -day living and everything else. And she knows everybody's business, everybody's to scandals that happen to, uh, someone having inappropriate relations to who's hooking up with who everything else, all from the words of this. And everybody checks to see if She's mentioned them in a good way, in a bad way, and everything else. And it just keeps you guessing all the way through, which is really good. And so I know that I believe it's going to be picked up again for the next, uh, all the way up to season eight, which I'm really looking forward to how certain characters and their stories are going to unfold. Like some of the Bridgerton children, besides Daphne, you have her older, um, womanizing, well, not womanizing, but, uh, don't know how to love, so to speak. Uh, Anthony, did you have, uh, the Daphne's other brother, Colin following, you know, his decision to leave, uh, where he's at and going, making it out on his own. And just so many different little side stories that center, you know, Daphne and the, and the Duke Simon, it centers around them and involves them and how they evolve and how they blossom and how it just unfolds. So if you want something to binge watch and, um, get you through the next, you block off the next eight hours and I would say eight and a half hours. And then actually no nine, because you'll just need a moment to reflect in the pause. Don't be distracted because you definitely want to get yourself some snacks. You know, if you got, you know, your favorite beverage or whatever, you definitely are going to be involved in that. It is some of the stuff in there is kind of intense. Like the love, love scenes are intense. Um, but the, the story, storyline and everything, the characters, the, the cast, perfectly casted, uh, well at, um, uh, of array of actors and actresses. So good. So check out Bridgerton. It's on Netflix going on right now. Season two, I'm not sure when it does drop, but I will definitely keep y'all posted on my social media handles. Um, heard that with Marisa on Facebook. I am also on Instagram. Uh, what am I on Instagram? <laughs> Marisa Tigney podcast on Instagram at lovely Marisa T on Twitter. I think about that for a minute. Uh, the coffee just finally kicked in y'all. So forgive me. 
So thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate everyone that has supported this wonderful podcast and my passion, my dream. Thank you so much. Everybody, please, as I always say, take care and stay safe. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.